Horns Down podcast with your host, Chris. My guy, Seth Oliveris. Seth, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm feeling good. Oh, I mean, there's there's not enough words to describe how I'm feeling, but yeah, that that was satisfying. Oh, well, if that's the way you're going, let's ride that high. Go ahead and start the show off, Seth. What's your, what's your takeaway from the game last night? Uh, I mean, if, above all else, it's, it's really just – because especially with okay, yeah, Florida was missing players. We'll we'll definitely get into that for sure. But the feeling I think I had, a lot of OU fans had coming into the game, knowing that was that. Oh no, here it goes. Like we know we're like we definitely have the the talent edge for sure now in the depth edge. But is OU going to actually you know perform the way they should? The way this matchup looks on paper, should they are they actually going to handle business? And it just. You know, we, we've seen enough examples of, you know, that not happening, not playing out the way that it should. This definitely uh, – they, they surprised me just by the fact that they, they did what they were capable of doing, which was blowing out a team that had no business being on the same field with them. So, yeah, that that's like my number one kind of takeaway, Oh, you know, just overall. But, yeah, we'll obviously get into the, you know – some of the other stuff that's uh, the fallout, if you will. Um, I know you got some thoughts on that too, but but yeah, that's mine right there. Let's, uh, uh, you know, let's go ahead and start with, uh, uh, you know, obviously everybody's uh, favorite side of the ball, uh, defensively. <laughs> uh, defensively, <laughs> known for for the for the last yeah, few years, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, been a calling card right there. So I mean, yeah. defensively. Um, I would say that I think that you saw a uh, a semi-complete game. I think there was still a little bit more to have because there were some there were still some lapses out there. But at the same time, I mean, to come away with three interceptions and a pick six—that's big time, man. Um, uh, against a quarterback who many you know believe is probably the closest thing to God uh, or the closest thing to Tim Tebow, <laughs> should I say? Hey, but. Um, <laughs> A lot of people, uh, you know, are high on Kyle Trask. But to have him out there, it doesn't matter who he was throwing to because that was the thing. Um, yeah, he may not have his full arsenal of weapons or whatnot, but at the same time, you got to think about this right here. Uh, that's a Heisman t- uh, caliber um, um, quarterback. So to get three interceptions on him, him in the first quarter and turn that game completely around and take all the momentum away from them, that's crazy to me. Um, uh, you know, if you just want to break it down, defense, uh, defensive line thought that they played. I thought they played solid. Um, I thought we would probably get a little bit more of a push uh, up front from like Perry Young, from uh, from Perk, from Isaiah Thomas, and and the crew. But you know, they held Pat, and the run game was definitely shut down for uh, for Florida. And then you know, linebacking wise, I mean, come on, man. I mean, Brian Asamoah played his ass off last night. That he had a great game. He had yeah. a great um secondary wise i mean they're really i don't know what else to say except for i mean job well done fellas i mean you don't have trey brown go out there and it's almost like did you even need him you know because (laughs) yeah the depth chart showed woody washington dj graham uh Jaden davis uh i mean and the list goes on yeah trey norwood you just be you just have a bunch of interchangeable parts and I think the thing that, like, you know, has you intrigued is just the fact that there's guys that were injured this year. 
uh, that had to sit out because of of COVID um, that uh, are freshmen and different things uh, of that nature right there who actually next year may contribute to that uh, uh, to that team to that defensively uh, next year in a, in a big role. What's your, what's your thoughts on the defense, uh, Seth? Yeah, I mean, the yeah for 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 who they were up against as far as uh, you know Kyle Trask he he definitely you know I mean, he's obviously a Heisman finalist. Um, I still feel like you know the field of just Heisman worthy players this year was just watered down anyways. Um, but I mean that that's to take nothing away from him. I mean he he for for a reason he he was a Heisman finalist. I mean he came into the game uh, leading the nation and total passing yards and total touchdown passes. And he only had five picks on the season, which he almost doubled that in the first quarter. But, but still, I mean, he, he definitely, uh, he, he, he can ball and he's definitely going to hear his name called probably within the first couple rounds uh, of the, of the draft the upcoming draft. So for, for OU's defense to, to, to play the, you know, uh, 60 minutes of that kind of performance against a guy like that, um. He, yeah. He. He. Like we said, he. He didn't have his full arsenal. He didn't have his top four targets. But I mean, that still. I've. Like I said, I've seen OU play against teams that were undermanned or you know come, missing a guy or two or three and and still looking, still looking like you know what the heck? Like why are they giving up these chunks? These just these ridiculous plays. These just blown coverages and. They were they were all over those receivers. They were all over those running backs. Like there was hardly any plays that just got away from them. Um, and and, and was, yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that. I was gonna chime in on that point. That's a great point to make because um, last night I think the best thing was was that you didn't make that um, you didn't make you didn't make that that backup quarterback a a superstar last night, which OU tends to do. And yeah. the thing that yeah. I, I think the thing that I was I was most pleased with seeing was um um the when when Florida put Jones into the game, um I'm not sure what the backup's uh, last name was, but when they put him yeah. the backup into the game, yeah, once once they put him into the game, um they ran that um that swoops package as, as I like to call it, or that Ellinger package where they run a lot of quarterback leads and a quarterback um uh-huh. You know stuff, so it, it was it was great to see OU be able to penetrate, stop those things whenever they could. I mean, there were some times where they kind of let up on those plays, but at the same time, I was I was thoroughly pleased with uh with what I saw out there uh that not I mean last night uh with the, just the way they played. You know, from all, I mean the entire game through. I mean, to be honest with you, let's say this: we keep our starters in, they keep their starters in. Florida probably only scores thirteen points that game. But at the same time, it was great reps for a lot of the youth that's on that squad right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and that's what the, that's the beauty of these bowl games is like for everybody. Even if even for Florida, yeah, they got the you know boat race and they didn't play all their starters and whatnot. But they they had a lot of young guys. Yeah, to get those reps that are gonna come in handy going into twenty twenty one. But yeah, definitely for OU. I mean, there's there's so much youth on this team. Like, I mean. I mean, it seems like you can kind of say that, you know, in almost any given year. But the the kind of youth that OU has right now is the kind of youth that they haven't had in a while where it's like these guys can actually play. All they need is experience at this point because, like, 
they're the, you know, they, they came in with the recruiting pedigree, you know, like the, these, mm-hmm. these last few classes have been, you know, just, they're getting better and better on the defensive side of the ball. So we're, 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 we're seeing, this is kind of like a, this is a moment, a pivotal moment, I think in OU's like in the, the, the 2020s, if you will, when we might look back at this and say like, you know, that was kind of that, that moment where, that's when OU finally flipped the switch and they're, you know, now they've won this and that and this and that. And it's like, this is, it started right here and we're, we're watching it. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, man, it's just, it, so I'm just so impressed, so impressed it, with like, with what they, what they were able to do and just how they were able to look. And I mean, it was, it was, it was really a complete effort. Well, like I said, you know, I was about to say it's it's a Jordan moment almost. You know, the year before they won, it, it, you see you see the building blocks there. You mm-hmm. see what they what they needed to do. Um, it's all there. It's there for the taking. If, if the right people come back next year, and 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 you add on the opt outs, um, people come uh, back next year with that mentality, a championship mentality from the get go. This could be a scary team. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, uh, you know, I think the other thing, no trick play, you know, they, they try to run some stuff. Be, be honest with you, that Florida offense was vanilla last last night. They they um, There were a couple of times, a couple of drives where, honestly, they just worked the, uh, the ball down the field and you were like, okay, that's fine, that's cool. But they were basically trying to keep the ball away from OU because they, know, they knew OU was going to get back in the rhythm. And yeah. speaking of that, I think that's a great segue into the offense. Offensively, I give the offense around about a, I would say, a B minus because I think that one – uh, I thought that that turnover by Spencer, I was like, come on. I was like, you know, that just kind of killed our drive. And then uh, two, um, you think you got to think about the drops because there was a bunch of drops uh-huh. because Rambo dropped a, uh, a pass. Uh, Theo Weiss dropped a couple of passes. Couple. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're looking at the score like, man, oh, you probably should be hanging around 60, uh, 60 plus 70 uh, on these boys <laughs> right now. So yeah. you had a couple of drives where there, because there was one drive where you could say, okay, Lincoln, you should have ran the ball on third two. But he then did the it next again. Drive, did it again. <laughs> yeah. The next drive, the next drive, you come back and you're like, hey, y'all got to catch these balls, man. Those balls are, are, are being placed right on the money. I mean, that one to, um, to Rambo. The deep uh, word like in the air for like yeah, yeah that, was like, a, that was a beautiful pass. He put that one right on the money. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, you got to catch that, bro. Like you yeah. have to catch that. Um, but offensively, I give them a B minus simply because I mean, last but not least, but they stalled again, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, nah, let's go ahead and uh, blow these boys out out the water. And those are things that you look for. Um, you know, next year to be corrected as far as yeah. that offense to just be booming on all cylinders. Yeah, there'll be occasional three and outs and everything, but at the same time, with a defense playing like that, it's time to play complementary football because if your defense is going to play like that, you need to reward them with touchdowns. You need to build a considerable lead. That way they can play off and actually see what what's going to happen in front of them, still be aggressive when they need to be, but at the same time, not take the foot off the gas, but but play smarter, and now you don't have to press as much. Does that make sense? I think yeah. the, 
I think the biggest thing for me is just is just looking for the momentum carried over to uh, uh, 2021. Um, offensively, I thought, I mean, your rush attack was amazing. I mean, everybody looked good last night. Marcus Majors looked great. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if, if you if you look at what he was doing last night, he corrected what he, his problem was in the um, in the beginning of the year. He was so hesitant about everything. Now that boy was just shooting off like a rocket. First step, he's <laughs> gone. Then um, and, and you look at him, you're like, he's a hard runner. He's such a hard runner. Um, you look at Mikey Henderson, and they said it last night. I mean, that's a name that a lot of fans, a lot of people around the nation need to know because he's going to be special. I think that. When you look at Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis, you look at them as the typical like fullback, H-back uh, type of player that Lincoln Riley is used to having with like Dimitri Flowers. But when you look at um, the things that you're, you're – the capabilities and the potential that Mikey Henderson has at that H-back position or running back, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but then when you also – when you look at uh, uh, Seth McGowan had himself a game last night. I think he had a like – pulled a hammy. I'm still trying to figure out how he got caught on that one uh, – when he that one little uh, halfback pitch, that little yeah. pitch that I was like, oh, wow. He, he shot right <laughs> through that hole, and I saw he's gone. Um, but then again, I mean and, – and last but not least, I mean, Ramondre was just a man among boys last night. He had a fumble. But he was a man among boys last night. That one where he took it, um, I want to say probably about 10, 15 yards or so for that touchdown when he was yeah. uh, battling through those tackles. I was like, it was a beautiful run right there. <laughs> Florida wanted no part of that running attack. It was almost like they they got gassed quick, and it just, it just was not a good night for them. And then I guess last but not least, I mean, Spencer, Spencer is that guy. And if you don't believe that he's the number one pick next year in the draft, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> that kid's arm talent is – its it almost makes you, even as a grown man, jealous of just how somebody could just on a flick of a wrist, on a, <laughs> on a drop of a dime, just throw a ball like that. It, it doesn't make any sense. Plant, feet's not planted. I mean, some people may say that he has horrible mechanics or – his feet or his drops and all the rest of this. But those are things that you can fix, but you can't teach arm talent like that. What do they look for in the NFL? They look for big hands and big arms. So yep. that's my yep. takeaway. What do, what, do you, what do you think about the, uh, the offense last night? Yeah. Uh, first of all, about that that uh, fumble that that was uh, attributed to Spencer Rattler, I just wish they would have looked at that because it really looked like he could have had that – had enough control going forward, but it, I don't know. They just didn't even look at it. Yeah, the Ramondre uh, one, that one looked more like it was definitely a fumble, even though they didn't look at that one either. But, uh, yeah, I, I felt like that. Would, I wish they would have looked at it because I just hate for that to go go against him because he was having such a – I mean, he, he had a good night, obviously, and I just think – I don't know. I just – I mean, it, it just seemed like even with his reaction immediately, he was he felt strongly about it. But anyways – um. Yeah, I'll probably give him a B plus. I might even bump it up to an A minus the overall the offense, just because. Uh, I mean the 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 rushing attack. I mean this oh oh this this will go down as probably or no definitely Lincoln Riley's worst uh, rushing attack. Like as far as like throughout a whole season, just averagely. Like I think after this game, even with four hundred thirty five yards rushing, they finished the season averaging about one eighty a game, which before I mean, even. 
since like t- 2013. I think OU's always been over 200 per game. But, but I mean, this you really can't say enough about Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed with Marcus Major. Like we talked about, um, yeah, Seth McGowan. He had the one carry, but it was for 73 yards. And I think, yeah, that's that was true freshman Seth McGowan not being able to take that one to the house. But I think sophomore Seth McGowan will take that to the house. I think he's – especially with, you know, he, him, like, and everybody, nobody had the, the spring to to really, like, work on things and also just get better just in the weight room, in the on the field. And so that stuff's going to come together. And that, I think the offense is definitely going to take a step forward just because of that alone. They're going to actually have that this coming spring. Um, and then, you know, going to have a full summer slate, not just – you know, showing up like in July somewhere, and then you know, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff. Everything was just like, you know, all all the freshman players really kind of, kind of. It it was a little bit unfair, but you know, everybody yeah. had to deal with it. But it, you know, that's what that's what makes guys like Mar- Marvin Mims so amazing. What they've done this year is because he's a true freshman, and he, I mean, he was basically straight out of high school doing this because. He had no he had no time to prepare until August uh, for, with the team with the actual offense. So for him to do what he did, and you know he he obviously had that that uh, first drive. He had that touchdown, that twenty seven yarder that was just I mean beautiful pass. Spencer Rattler, he is a magician out there, and, and he will he will go first overall whenever he does decide to to yeah, hit the draft. That, that was that was a beautiful pass. I mean. Even a blind man could see that uh, that's where he was going. I was like, why is he playing? Nobody's up. What is – oh, my God. Touchdown. <laughs> that's exactly what I was like watching that. Um, yeah. And, 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 and that's what – I think that's what I'm, I'm, I'm most excited about because, you know, um, talking with my uncle this morning, he brought up a, a great point about, you know, somebody like like Seth McGowan. He's like, you know, in high school, he, he looked really, really buff and – this year he looks really like he leaned out a lot. So mm-hmm. you know, to have Justin Harrington, to have Seth McGowan, to have Mikey Henderson, uh, Marvin Mills, um, uh, uh, some of these recruits that are coming in, uh, to have them come in with and have this, you know, um, these off-season workouts and and spring spring, uh, you know, spring reps fall reps, different things with the possibilities of the vaccine and everything that's to come. And I guess just being able to have this mulligan year just to kind of see what the hell everybody should be doing anyways, as far as safety protocols with this uh, pandemic going on, I -hmm. think it's going, it's going to lead to, um, you're going to see a a hungrier OU next year. You'll see a better version of OU because there are people on there who need to take the step as far as getting stronger, adding muscle, adding a little weight. And then there's guys like a Guaybu who probably could stand to lose maybe 10 to 15 pounds. Um, uh, 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 When you look at Perion, I think Perion still has another level to get to with his body. Um, I think that you could look at somebody like, uh, Benito and say, you know, would it be worth it if you gain maybe 10 pounds of muscle if you could still keep that speed? So you're looking at those guys and you're saying, you know, I want to see you guys do this or do that. That way, not only are you putting yourself in the best position for NFL, but you're also putting yourself in the best position to succeed and com- accomplish this goal of a cha- of championship 21. You get what I'm saying? That That's what I'm calling. 
championship yeah. 21 that's the um that's the <laughs> expectation for next year and when you look at um you look at somebody like spencer you want to see those mechanics you, you want to see him i mean one thing that i will applaud uh kyle trask on uh uh last night was was him stepping up in the pocket i love when i see a quarterback being able to step up in the pocket and one thing that spencer does that baker did that collar did um that jalen's you know, he did it a little bit here and there, is that they keep their eyes down the field just in case there's a pass that can still be made whenever they're kind of scrambling up. But I want to yeah. see him step up because there's times where you're like, Spencer, if you just, if you want to drop back, because that wasn't a seven, that wasn't a seven step drop. If you would have actually uh, took the three step or the five step and actually stepped up in the pocket, you had two lanes to run through to get the first down. So you're looking at him and you're saying there, there's little things like that right there because if he steps up, then he's not behind those big, tall, um, you know, jumping defenders who are putting hands up. Now he can actually see those drag routes with Theo Weiss or Trajan, Trajan Bridges or, or, uh, or, or Drake Stoops. He can see those, those drag routes and actually pick up yardage without actually having to run and put any stress on his body. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. There are things that I want to see a lot of these players take a, a leap forward with next year, and I believe that this offseason is, is the best time to do that. And these spring reps, let's get everybody healthy and let's do what we need to do. Um, but before we segue into that right there, because I know everybody wants to hear about 2021 and all that stuff, I think it would be uh, in poor taste not to talk about Florida. <laughs> so – um, you know, we can start everywhere. We can start with Dan Muller. We can start with the team. But I guess just from from yesterday, did it? I guess the question is, did it? Does it bother you that that Florida didn't have their full arsenal of players? Um, only to a degree to where I know I I, I would have just liked to have seen this version of OU against all those dudes that we know Florida didn't have. Um, and whether or not, I mean, I I would say the game would be more competitive that way. I think anybody, any sane person would probably agree that it would be more competitive. I, I still I still know that OU would definitely have a chance to win and very well could have won even with all those dudes in the, playing for, for Florida. But, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen that for that. But, but at the same time, winning the way that OU did and just, just complete, just utter annihilation, I think that does so much for the confidence of this team, which I think is as valuable as anything else, especially in this any you know any sport, or obviously, but especially this this sport of college football, uh, this this just overwhelming confidence throughout the team, just from at from every player, all the coaches. I mean, it's just this is something we haven't seen in a long time because you know at least you know as far as like to end the season because the last three years they ended it with pretty uh pretty bad playoff losses. I mean, the, yeah the the Georgia one was close, but it was devastating. And then uh, then he had the Alabama and the LSU games, and so we just haven't seen this in a while. And then to, for it to be with this staff, which I think is, I think OU's got the right staff now. They got all the pieces there, you know, Lincoln, Alex, um, all the assistants. I mean, it's just, it's, it's. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just I think that I think this is exactly what they needed. Obviously, or honestly, it's just this. Just a huge win, a huge punctuation mark on in on what started out as a really really terrible looking uh, season to make it. You know, it this is arguably Lincoln's greatest uh, 
season as far as like as a coach as as far as like his work. We we called this a, a while ago, man. We said that this is how the season was going to end. We said it's how we wanted to end. We wanted to be the hottest team in America right now. Kirk yeah. Herbstreit said it. Chris Fowler said it last night on Twitter. OU is one, not the team that you want to see in the playoffs right now. And then two, um, before regardless of this win tonight, they were tracking to be one of the best four teams. It's a crime that uh, that that uh, Notre Dame is in there at that five spot. I mean, hell, as much as I don't like Texas A and M, Texas A and M and uh, and OU deserve to be there just as much as Notre Dame or Ohio State did. But that's my opinion, and that's for another day. Yeah. Um, when I look at that Florida, now I say this: yes, the competitor. Me, I don't look look. I wanna. I. I. I okay. I put it like this right here. I'm Rick. I, I'm Rick Flair. All right. I want Dustin Rhodes. That's great and all, but at the same time, let's let's just be real. You know, if I gotta go slap a man while he's down, I will slap a man while he's down to get the W. I don't. I don't care. It does not bother me one bit. I'll slap a man and say, "Look, if he's laying on the ground, say, please help me. I'm gonna slap him. Take his money." Then I'm gonna help him up, and then I'm gonna slap him again. No, I. <laughs> but no, I mean, all jokes aside, no, like I, it, it look. Um, how many years has OU been without players? Oh, I mean, probably every year, especially just last year in the in the Peach yeah. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and people say, "Oh no, you're not touching that." That's one of the all-time great teams and stuff. I don't know what could have possibly happened if we had Perkins out there and Ramondre and 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 I mean, Trajan Bridges was just a freshman last year, but I mean, come on, man, at least two out of the three were heavy contributors to your squad last year. Yeah, then you got to think about that. Think about it as well. Trey Sermon was hurt. Yep, I mean, didn't have Grant Calcaterra. No, I mean, <laughs> and then yeah, you never you don't hear you don't hear a peep from from uh, anybody you know saying no, giving the uh, cutting giving OU a break or cut, cutting them some slack on that. Like they're just like, no, they got blown out by LSU and they had no business yeah, per, in the playoffs. <laughs> per usual, per usual, this per this per last email, this. I was just like. <laughs> Nobody's ever given OU any type of slack. It's the same Big Twelve story every year. It's like everybody turns to the Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, and I mean, I I just don't get it. I'm like, but you guys obviously you knew that you had a game. Prepare your team, but yeah. to I mean, offensively, I'm I, I, this is my problem with everything that that transpired last night, and and and, and we'll get into it, <laughs> but. Dear coach of Florida, I don't even want to say his name, but dear Florida head, head, head ball coach, to call the four and five star athletes that you have, to call the three star athletes who are probably four or five stars at any other, at other states that live within your state or wherever the, they came from, to call them scout team players, that is so demeaning and it's just like, do I even want to play here anymore? Exactly. Do I want to play for you? It's deflating. I thought that was embarrassing for Florida. Florida is an imitational blue blood school, but we'll give it to them because they have money. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it just was in poor taste. It was piss poor. It was uh, just – you look like a sore-ass loser last night. I mean, he, he's Dan Mullen is such a clown in my book now. He doesn't even deserve to be in Chris's corner. 
<laughs> I mean, like, you know, I talked I talked to a friend today who's a uh, who's a high school coach. He was actually he was he actually coached at a um at a JUCO here in the state. And he's a big, big recruiter, big recruiter. I, I think that guy, once he gets on to like a uh, at a D1 school, he, he that guy is going to take off. He has a hell of a personality, but he's big on recruiting. And so I asked him, I said, imagine going uh, on a recruiting trip and having to sit down with uh, somebody's family, with a, with, a, uh, with a recruit's family who actually pays attention to stuff like that and having to explain to them, what is actually going on and explaining them why coach uh why the Florida head ball coach said that. And he said I could I could he said I wouldn't even know where, where to begin. I was like, no, I was like <laughs> that makes you not even want to play for him anymore. Yeah. You're like scout team? Are you serious? <laughs> like I because guess a, the thing was, I was just gonna go say ahead. I was just gonna say they had a pretty good quarterback for a scout team. It looked like he's gonna get drafted probably pretty high. <laughs> But I guess he's just a that, scout team player. <laughs> yeah, I mean to come out there and say the last game that this team that this team actually played was eleven days ago. Are you serious? <laughs> but, and, and I think I think I think Jeremiah Hall and I'll say this: I'll let you out the floor. Jeremiah Hall, I think he said, I think he he he, he summarized it all uh, <laughs> extremely well. He said, "So four players make up for forty points." <laughs> I mean, where they do that at? I mean, that's just me. Go ahead, Seth. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, um, you're you're hitting all the points. I I can't stop sh- uh, nodding my head in agreement. I mean that that one thing I'm thinking of is like by that logic of like the last game the the 2020 team played was 11 days ago. Well, then by that logic, OU fans should just start saying, well, the the real OU the 2020 Oklahoma team is undefeated because the 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 that team didn't start playing until again, you know, they played Texas Tech when Ramondre Stevenson yeah. and Ronnie Perkins returned. So the games before that didn't count. Those were that was another team. So I mean, like you can't. What's he trying to say? Like, I mean, you just it's it's just and and then yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine being a Florida player hearing those words and not feeling disrespected. Like I, just, how would you it, you ha, it's got to be it's like the ultimate slap in the face because he's just saying. You're a scrub. This whole team was just a bunch of you know guys that we don't actually we would act wouldn't actually really play if we were really trying. So it's like, what am I doing here? What am I wasting my time, my my, my blood, sweat, and tears for this program when my that's what my coach thinks of me? You know, just like and and that's the, that's the kind of attitude and message and leadership that he wants to pass down onto his team. Like it's just, and I mean, of course, the Florida fans are probably you know all touting the same thing especially because he said it but it's just it's just a it's an embarrassment it's, it's it's embarrassing that he went there and that's how what what it's come to like even if you don't believe it even or even if he truly believes what he's saying you just as as the head coach you just you just gotta like you just gotta deliver that coach speech in those moments you just you just give credit to OU and just say we're gonna you know we're gonna learn from this move on and like keep it short but I mean for him to just sound off like that sound like he was ranting on a message board or something or like tweeting with his burner account or something just talking about how this didn't this didn't really count it's not the real team and you know we could he's a clown yeah we we could opted out if we wanted to but we didn't so it's like okay then 
he's a clown, and, and that's going to hold Florida back. I mean, that's going to come to bite Florida back in, 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 in a big way. And, and it's crazy. You know, I saw Creed Humphrey tweeting uh, out uh, last night. Um, uh, basically, uh, he tweeted a video that showed where uh, everything that was said by Dan Mullen last night uh, – Mullen, he he said the opposite of that in the interview two years oh, ago, saying that. that these games do matter. Yeah, yeah, it, it just—I <laughs> mean, it's just asinine, just the fact that he would even do that. And then, um, but you know, a lot of people they made some great points. I mean, um, if you think about it, okay, you say that about this team right here, but Florida, even at their at their best, they lost a tw- um, they lost to a group of freshmen that were playing for LSU <laughs> in the swamp. Yeah, in the swamp, and then when you uh, and then if you look at it, regardless of what his receivers were doing, um, and look, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, his receivers may have had a hard time catching the ball, but those OU defenders didn't. So that's his problem. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like that's his problem. So I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me. Re- regardless of what's going on, you still want to be competitive. You still want to convince yourself, like, hey, let's go. And people can laugh and say, oh, well, this is like a spring game. It does not mean anything, but this does mean something. First of all, it, to me, it does mean something because your commissioner was there, and I know your commissioner is there because Alabama plays Notre Dame uh, tomorrow in the same in the same stadium, but at the same time, what happened to the SEC pride? <laughs> what happened to the SEC bias and all, all the rest of that? Like, I mean, it just, it just was, it just was piss poor. It, it was really embarrassing. And it was honestly, it was just really surprising that that's what, that's what transpired last night. I, if you would have told me, I mean, Dan Mullen has said some clown things, but if you would have told me that he would have just had that clown mentality on full display last night, I would have told you that you was a hot damn lie. But, you know, go ahead. You do exactly what you need to do. But, I mean, it was just – I mean, defensively, they didn't look – they did not look the part. Um, um, and we knew that going into the game. Like, Florida's defense was not – was not good this year. Yeah. Like even before this, when when the 2020 Florida Gators were actually playing, <laughs> uh, they, they were not. They weren't stopping anybody anyway. So like, it, OU was going to score fifty plus no matter what. I had a conversation with, with my with my aunt this morning. He said, he said, I think defensive coordinator's name for uh, Florida was Ty Grantham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, imagine me and Ty Grantham. And uh, and knowing that you don't have your full arsenal of offensive players and some defensive players, and knowing that Lincoln Riley is calling plays on the other side, <laughs> <laughs> he said. And on top of that, your job is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe maybe he'll he'll remind uh, his AD or something like, hey, like we only gave up forty eight. Seven of those points was a pick six, so that wasn't on us. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll remind him that when he's getting his pink slip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ty Grantham on the uh he's been on the hot seat all year. If that man survives, if that man survives 2020 with a job, then let me let me tell you something. God is good. God is definitely real. There's no way that, that man is uh going to uh, my goodness. Hex no. 
I'll say, hey, look, I'll take a, I'll take a twenty dollar bet on that that he doesn't survive twenty twenty. I don't know. I wouldn't bet you. I wouldn't bet because I, I don't see him on the sideline next year for sure. I mean, I don't even know where you go with that in Florida because I mean, defensively they just. <laughs> I... Yeah, that that there's there is there's no excuse for that. I mean, there's no excuses. Period. But for the defense, especially, it's just yeah they they got just rolled and just kind of more of the same for this whole season for them. Um, one thing I was thinking of is like with those Dan Mullen, um, Dan Mullen's comments and stuff. It's like. For as much as we dog on Tom Herman on this podcast, uh, I was just like, man, he really made Todd, uh, Tom Herman look like, I don't know, just like a less of an arrogant prick. <laughs> uh, oh, no. He made Tom Herman look like uh, – look. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom <laughs> let's put this in Oklahoma terms for people. Oh, uh, Dan Mullen made uh, Tom Herman look like go- uh, Governor Brad Henry last night. That's that's. I mean, that's a tight look. He looked like Kevin Stitt out there talking about COVID right now. It's just, it's not a, it's not a good look. It's, it's not a good look at all. Um, he made Malcolm X look like Brian Gumble. <laughs> So Seth, um, I think where I think where I want to go with this now is just to uh, list this out um, as far as a tweet that I I I, I think I uh, tweeted at you the other day as far as the bottom dwellers of the SEC. Mm-hmm. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Guess what? That's ten. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> It's just so many bad teams in, in the uh, – I mean, Florida should be on this list too in the SEC. But you have uh, – I'm just going to go down this list, Seth, and, and then I want you to give me your thoughts on this. Auburn finished 6-4. and four, LSU finished 5-5. Five and five, uh, Mississippi uh, – Ole Miss finished 4-5. Five, and five, Arkansas finished 3-7. and seven, Mississippi State finished 3-7 and seven with a bowl win. Um, Missouri <laughs> finished 5-5. Five and five, Kentucky finished 4-6. and six, Tennessee finished three and seven. Um, South Carolina finished two and eight, and Vanderbilt finished zero and nine. So, SEC is elite. <laughs> and if you think about what Kellen Munn uh, said, uh, what I think last week or two weeks ago, whenever he said it, a week and a half ago, about there's a lot of teams that that. Um, Outside of the uh, the SEC, that that wouldn't be able to do the things that they do inside the SEC, except for a few. Who the hell was he talking about? Because just last year he was on this list. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it really is just this. There's like just this cult like mentality. They just they eat up that propaganda that just the SEC is king and just not even on. Well, like James Houston said, you know, no one is on that level, that SEC level 
you know, outside of the SEC. Like, they, they obviously didn't think Oklahoma was. And, I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Oklahoma isn't on your level because we, we can't even see your level so far below. But, yeah, like, I just – I don't know. Like, it's – I'm not here to say that they're trash because, obviously, they got, like, you know, Alabama and A&M has been good this year. And then year in, year out, they're always going to have, like, two or three elite teams. But – they're no better. They're really no better than any other conference in any given year. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just this hype machine. This, just it's this, the SEC bias. That's it's what it bias. is. It's, it's, that's exactly what it is. And like, I think slowly but surely, more and more people are starting to realize it. Cause, but it's, it's, it's going to take a while still, I think, because we still see it. Like, even, I think the committee still, feeds into it just with their their weekly rankings of always having the it seems like no matter what they're always going to have like three maybe four sec teams in the top 10 and it's just like you're and there's always like two of them where you're just like what like why like georgia was one of those teams this year where they just kept them up there for so long florida was even after they lost to lsu a horrible loss to lsu yeah i mean they drop one spot. It's just like what that that won't that would never happen to any other team from any other conference. Like this this benefit of the doubt, and it's just it's like it's so frustrating at this point. It's just laughable. But Florida managed to lose four games in a in a ten game season. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, and Think they'll probably finish. I mean, they'll probably finish easily within the top 15, maybe if the top 12. If they finish in the top 15, I'll let you slap me next time we're at the gym because that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. I mean, I mean, we've already – look, the NCAA has dropped the ball so many times, especially with Trajan Bridges. Oh, yeah. But the, the college football uh, playoff committee this year, I have nothing to say to them because they put OU so high. And <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, if OU doesn't finish number in the top five this year, I will be pissed. I'm sorry. I will be I will be pissed. Um, um, but you know, that's just the SEC bias. That's just how it is. ESPN, that's a, that's a that's a that's a money draw. That's all it is. Cause I mean, when you look at those those bottom dwellers, because I mean that was the thing. When they came out with that, the cause they changed the schedule like at least three times um, before the season even started. Because the, the thing is, is this, if you think about it, Texas A&M would not have had the uh, the season that they had if they would have actually had the uh, real the real schedule that they were supposed to play because they were supposed to go to Bama, um, to Florida, to LSU, to uh, this place, that place. And I think Vanderbilt may have been the only soft game in their schedule. No, it was Arkansas. They had a gutlet to start yeah. the season. They didn't play their first game until like almost October, uh, first game at home almost till October. So you're looking at them and say you guys benefited from the pandemic because one, you didn't have to play, you didn't have to play uh, uh, the the actual schedule that you were supposed to play. Yeah. So um, you look at it and you say, you know, this pandemic was a gift and a curse for some teams because it helped it helped teams like. Um, in the Sun Belt Conference, mm-hmm. um, it helped teams like that. It helped the Cincinnati pl- people like that who didn't have to go and say, "Okay, well, yeah, we'll go and beat Iowa State," but then we got Ohio State uh, on the schedule. We got 
an Oklahoma like now on the schedule or, you know, yeah, we'll schedule BYU early, but then we got to go play um, uh, Georgia next. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it benefited them to actually go play that one game and then go and win their conference because they were like, okay, yeah, we're good enough. We're feeling good about ourselves now. Let's actually go do something in our conference now. So it benefited a lot of people. It hurt people when you obviously look at like OU and everything because you're looking like, man, I know we didn't have Perk. I know we didn't have Ramondre, but what if we actually had those reps? What if we actually had time, more time to build more continuity with these new these uh, players in these new roles that they're like about to be cast into? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um. I mean, this pandemic was really a gift and a curse, and I hate to put it like that. I hope nobody thinks that I'm I'm saying that in poor taste, but I'm just saying that if you look at it from that angle, I mean, it it, it really a lot of teams kind of benefited from it because they were able to uh, you know capitalize on the other team who was probably really with injuries and COVID uh, 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 tracing, you know, contact tracing. So. It's um, it was just an interesting year, but when you go back to it and you look at like the SEC, I just I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's it is what it is, I guess, with that. But um, I guess moving on, uh, my question for you is just you know, twenty twenty one, man. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I hate I hate this term, but I mean OU's. It's definitely nothing new to OU for most of OU's history, but 2021, it's looking like national championship or bust. I mean, at least at least reaching the national championship game. Definitely got to win a playoff game. Got to get back to the playoffs. Got to win a play and got to win a semifinal for once. Um, that's what it, that's. I think that's what the the minimum goals are. I and mean, obviously, you got to win the Big Twelve to do any of that. Also, but yeah, I mean, and quite frankly, this team is gonna have the players to do it. Like they're going to have the team, they're going to have the coaches, they're going to have the experience, the depth to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so far we know for sure that uh, Creed Humphrey, he actually announced his decision to, he's going to the NFL draft in this season or this, this coming April. So, so, I mean, he's going to go get his money and, you know, I'm, I'm wishing him all the best. So that's one guy, but I mean, quite frankly, he's not, he, he, he hasn't been, it, it right now it doesn't look like that's such an irreplaceable position at this point. Like, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal player, one of the best centers that OU's probably ever had. But he that's that's the replaceable position, and then that's the same goes for anyone, like almost anywhere, just because of the depth that OU has proven that they have now, and that you know with this incoming class coming in, it's only going to get better. So, I mean, it just it's I, OU can run the table next year as far at least with the Big 12 schedule. Um will they remain to be seen because they still have yet to go a season where they don't just come drop some inexplicable no. right. but, and, and just and losing the people like K-State and Iowa State early and, and stuff like that. It just doesn't make any sense, but no. I just I don't know. I just I really feel good about this team, man. And I think the thing like like we said before the beginning of the year, you may not have a bunch of Kenneth Murray's on the field, but you got a bunch of uh you, the lunch panel crew. Yeah, you know that they're gonna give max effort the whole time. And the thing is, man, is that 
the one thing that you've always seen on offense and you knew about the offense was this right here. It's a lot of depth over there. I mean, there's <laughs> that, a lot of uh, that 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 Mar- Mario Edwards kid or uh, uh, that's coming out of um, uh, of Florida. Um, oh yeah, Mario Williams. Yeah, Mario Williams. I said Edwards, but Mario Williams. Excuse me, Mario Williams. Um, I mean, hell, Cody Jackson. I mean, you Cody got Jackson. Yeah, Trevon Trevon West, Brian Darby. Um, there's some names over there that could come in and help you offensively. And what I, my my point with that is that we know offensively, it's always been a depth issue right there. And when I say depth issue, I mean that in in, in the best way because I'm saying you know that there was this competition for the spots. Mm-hmm. So if you're not producing, you're not going to be on the field. But defensively, now that's what we have, and and that's what's great to see is that you have uh, depth out there. You know that okay, all right, okay. DJ Graham is out of the game. Oh my God, here. Oh, that's Jaden Davis. We're fine. So you got a bunch of guys that you know that you can actually count on, and you can say okay. Jane Davis is in the game. Woody Washington is in the game. They may give up a play or two, but they're not going to go and just give up three or four plays and look bad out there. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm I'm really I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this 2021 um, uh, team. The possibilities of everything. I know there's still some transfers to come. I mean, hell, we talked about one transfer that we didn't see coming, but we said okay. Um, it, it's it's it's. It's exciting to kind of see, I mean, just to kind of, you know, to think about it. I mean, there's depth at every single position um, on the field. I mean, from I, – I, let's be real. I mean, there's depth from quarterback all the way down. I mean, hell, <laughs> even – well, I don't know about kicker now because I think we had a tra- <laughs> kicker transfer. <Yeah. laughs> but at the same time, I mean, you're just looking at this team and you're saying that, hey, man, there's endless possibilities with this squad. Um <sighs> I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm eager. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious actually to see whether, or whether or not Perkin and Ramondre are going to stick around. I think that they should stick around, but I mean, Perkins playing for millions. I mean, that's, that's my thing. I mean, you can come back and possibly put yourself in a position to make more than what you would now um, going. But I understand if you were to go, and then Ramondre. I think Ramondre's draft stock is going to be high, but I think it still could be high. It, it may be higher. He may prove to be uh, – um, I, I think there's still parts of his game that he can fine-tune, um, catching out of the backfield and, and, and actually and making more plays like that. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I've heard people float around the idea of him being a better pass blocker and stuff. That's not really, I guess, the scheme here at OU. You know, yeah. like they do block, but at the same time, you know, they release, they go, different things like that. But then um, I, just, I, him being the bell cow back, I think that next year if you get him, if you get uh, Brooks back as every, as expected and then you get uh, Ramondre uh, back as well, I mean, you're looking at possibly having 2,000-yard rushers uh, next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and then it's like – and what happens to a guy like uh, Seth McGowan? Like, I mean, because I mean, he's looking like he's about to take that even another step, which he's he's already you know on the cusp of of you know being one of the best backs in the Big Twelve and maybe even the nation. But yeah, like if he takes that next step for sure, um, and he's gonna he's definitely gonna want you know his share of the carries and he'll he'll probably earn them. 
So it's like if all these guys come back, you know, if they got a, a backfield of Brooks, Stevenson, McGowan, then you still got a guy like Major back there. Like, I mean, it's just the – yeah, like you said, there's there's going to be some attrition. Someone's going to transfer eventually. Maybe it's in the running back room. Maybe it's somewhere else. But I, I think no matter what, OU's in a, a good position because they, they got the depth and they know that, like, that, you know, with depth, you know, with competition, you know, you're going to lose some guys, but that's it's a, it's it's usually a good sign. They're not leaving because they're not, you know, because DeMarco Murray isn't getting the job done for him or Lincoln Riley isn't, you know, he, all he's doing is bearing it out or something. Like they, the only reason they would be leaving is because they know it's such a deep and talented group that they're just the, you know, they're not going to get what they what they want out of it. So it, OU's in a good position as far as that goes. I think like it's, it's, it's it's yeah you never want to see anybody leave because we would love to be just as deep and as talented as possible but yeah I'm 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 excited to see what happens over the next week or two I don't know when the deadline is for people to declare or whatever but uh, yeah like once once we can really see who's gonna be on the 2021 group um, I'll start to get excited about that and, you know, assessing what that, what that group can do. I mean, you know, my, my whole thing is this right here, Seth, is, is you got to build that culture. Um, You got to build that culture. I mean, when you look at Clemson and, and, and this is the thing, we have more tradition and history than, than, than a Clemson does, but Clemson is what's yeah. relevant right now. That's relevant mm-hmm. now. So I give them that respect. But when you look at a Clemson, you look at an Alabama, um, uh, and, and, Ohio, and State. You know, Ohio State, those those guys are transferring because they can't get on the field. Yeah. And that's not a bad problem. It's a good it's a great problem to have because that means that you're getting those those recruits. And the thing is, is that what people don't realize is, I mean, Lincoln has said it uh, time and time again, but I mean <laughs> OU is, OU is getting, OU is about to, is on the verge of something special. Something special is really brewing here in Norman. And the thing is, there's a lot of five stars that are about to start coming to Norman. There's a lot of people that's going to be interested. If this, if if you have Grinch two years ago, um, the collar year. If if I mean hell, just put it like this right here. If uh if Dax Hill. Um, uh, Josh Proctor, um, uh, talents like that are, are and excluding the kid that left for Texas A&M this year. I don't know why he did that, but um, when when you look at kids like that, they would want to play for this team. They would want to play for this defense. Mm-hmm. They would turn yeah. down Ohio State to come play play at OU because they they know. Yeah, no, I can actually stay home now, and I can actually put I can put all my faith in Coach Coach Grinch is going to get me where I need to need to be. Coach Manning, Coach Coach Odom, they're going to be there, and they're going to make sure that I'm good. That's that's that. I mean, it's it's something special brewing here in Norman, from recruiting standpoint, from a player standpoint. It's just everything is coming together and it's piecing together. And look. Am I pleased with that with with the ass whipping that OU delivered to Florida last night? Yes, I am. Am I satisfied? No, because I know there's still more that this team can can uh, can accomplish. And the thing is, is that I won a national championship, but it's, but at the same time, 
don't you got that feeling that you had when when Baker and the boys and Joe Mixon and Piron and, and all of them and they just they went wild out there against um Auburn. against Auburn and you're sitting there thinking I mean, to yourself, man, this could be special. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and they you know, they came out in that 2017 season, you know, following that that Sugar Bowl win over Auburn and stuff and an undefeated run through the Big Twelve. Uh where they, the, you know, they came out and they were they were looking great. They were looking the part, and then obviously they sputtered against Iowa State. But, um, but then they uh, rebounded, got back to the playoffs, and yeah. But this it's 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 feeling like that, but it's feeling almost even more promising because we know, like, just from a coaching standpoint, what we've got. Like, you know, that was it. it kind of it that that uh that hype and that momentum kind of got stalled in the summer and off season because that was when you know Bob Stoops he retired and people were like oh is Lincoln Riley gonna be able to keep it going and and then obviously we found out that Mike having Mike Stoops was just was just a just a detriment to the team and and now we know we got, yeah <laughs> and we uh we know we know now that we got Lincoln Riley locked up and locked in we got Alex Grinch rolling. He's got his. He's got his guys. I mean, we got the depth, so it's like it's almost like even more. I have an even more kind of just like excitement and confidence uh, going into this next this off season, the the twenty twenty one season, than I did even back then because it's just the the planets are really starting to look like they're aligning, and that that's a great thing for OU. Yeah, it's 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 amazing things. Um, that is happening here in, in, in little old Norman, Oklahoma. And I guarantee you that 2021, I, I almost guarantee you that it's going to be a championship that comes here, not just Big 12 this time. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about this squad. Um, I mean, Seth, I mean, I think we pretty much nailed everything on – oh, we forgot one thing. Did you see that fight between Tulsa and Mississippi State at the end of the game? I saw a little bit of clips because I was driving uh, during that, the end of that. But I saw some. I saw somebody get like stomped or kicked or something. Oh yeah, man! They were yeah, punches some... out there. I said, "Wow, <laughs> over there, a little perfect." <laughs> yeah, that that was that wasn't a good look. I don't think. But I mean, I, I didn't see how it started or anything. But I mean, I'm proud. I'm proud of Tulsa for the season they had, and you know they almost got that win. You know, there they they came up short, but. But man, those boys—they—they they definitely balled out this year. Oh yeah, they had a hell of a season this year. You know, we for all the jokes that we made about the well, I made about him at the beginning <laughs> of the year against O State. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you kind of just look at it. You say, you know what? They they rebounded well, and and they um they played Cincinnati as as. As 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 good as they possibly could, you know, they could. So I mean, they had it. They had a they had a great year. Um, but that was funny how they ended it, though. I was not expecting that from Tulsa players, though. It was <laughs> <laughs> that was. I was I was a, I was a bit shell shocked. I was like, well, I thought that I would say Dan Mullen was the clown of the day, but I guess Tulsa players. I guess they all took it today. <laughs> they could, you know. I thought that we would go uh, perfect here in the state. I thought that. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, OU, O State, and Tulsa. Um, <laughs> Almost, you know, that's a great. Uh, there we go. There we go. Right there. Last but not least, 
what are your what are your final thoughts on Tylen Wallace sitting out, deciding to sit out uh, the second half of that game? Oh, I mean, I understand it, but then at the same time, I just, I, I just feel like you might as well just not have even played because I think it kind of it just looks, I don't know, like it just it's it's a weird look, like. Yeah, I don't even like. I don't. I don't always like when players opt out of ball games. Anyways, um, I, I'll, I'll always understand it though. Like especially if it's a guy who's got a legit NFL future. Um, but I just to play just to, to intentionally know you're just going to play the first half and then just just be like deuces because I think I think I'm pretty sure he knew that he was only going to play the first half. And then he just said, right, "I'm done." Like, I, I, it's just weird to me. I don't know. I almost don't even know if I've like really processed it too much yet. It just feels like it just, uh, it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think if if an OU player did that. I feel like if an OU player did that, I'd probably be a lot more salty. Um, <laughs> like, like let's say, like, like let's say next next year we're playing in some bowl game, and then like Jaden Hazelwood, like he's just balling out, has a great year, plays in the first half, and then he's like, "All right." I'm out. <laughs> Does it? No, I mean, um, like, I get, I get it. Okay. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Do you think that it had anything to do with uh, with De'Aaron King tearing his ACL? <laughs> um. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think I think he he I think Tyler I think he honestly wasn't like he intended to play. Only just the first half. I think he like came into that day. So no so you're buying, wasn't so, so you're buying into that because that those there's there's a couple of stories that came out. Casey Dunn, the offensive coordinator for O State, said that uh-huh. they wanted to take a look at the kid from Washington State. And I said, Okay, well, I'll call a spade a spade. It's bullshit. But what about <laughs> um what I mean, but then Gundy comes out and says, Well, no, it was our plan to only play him that half um, and then let him sit the rest of the game. I didn't get it. I said, uh <laughs> I mean my thought I mean, my like, thoughts on it, my thoughts on it are, you know, do what's best for you and your family. Put yourself in a position to go be successful. Um will they ask him about that during his interviews at the combine and everything? Hell yes, they will. Um yeah, does oh yeah, that's definitely gonna come up. Yeah, does it hurt his draft stock? I really don't know. I mean, I, here's my thing: what hurts your draft stock more as an OSU quarterback sitting out the second half of a bowl game on national television, or, or being an OSU uh, wide receiver that only runs go routes, post routes, and uh, <laughs> occasional post routes and slants? So I mean, like. <laughs> You know, yeah, you're great at getting 50-50 balls, but where's the route tree at? Like, you know, show me this move. Show me that move. Like, can you actually do this? Have you ever done this? And <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> his production didn't slow down. He still he still uh, caught a bunch of balls for for 900-plus uh, yards in the air. So, I, I, I mean, I, that's still impressive given the fact that, one, he tore his ACL, two, he um he only played he was injured this year and only played in a, in a handful of games, so I mean I, I don't I mean I don't know Seth I, it it doesn't really bother me um because I mean you know like that that one uh, tight end for for Michigan who ended up uh, 
that one tight end from Michigan who ended up getting hurt against Florida uh, a couple of years back. He went from being probably a first rounder or a second round pick or at least a third rounder to like a seventh round pick probably because his knee. So, because he tore his ACL in that game. So, I mean, it could happen. And then seeing De'Aaron King, I mean, yeah, you probably shell-shocked, uh, but, you know, things happen. And, I mean, you know, that's why they always say, if you're going to play, play play ball. Don't go out there playing half-heartedly because that's how you get hurt the most. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I got know. one question. I got I got one question. Uh, just real quick before we wrap up, you are, are you afraid of Bijan Robinson next year? Um, I think Bijan is is I think he's special, but I, I the way our defense plays, I'm not really scared. I, if Lincoln goes out there and calls a game, he'll if, if if to be honest with you, if Rattler and if Rattler and Jalen don't turn the ball over and do stupid stuff out there the first half of those of both of those games in 2019 and 2020, Texas probably is uh Texas probably loses both of those games by at least two or three touchdowns. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Let's just be honest. No, I agree. Because the thing was was that you could you could uh, you hit them in their mouth early on and they never recovered until until finally uh somebody held you back and then they regained their composure. So but as far as B. John Robinson scaring me, no, because at the same time, I understand that B. John Robinson is going to get his yardage and everything, but I don't know who the hell is going to be passing the ball out there next year. That's what I'm more worried about. Because the thing is, is that I've seen people tweet and say that Casey Thompson looks like Joe Burrow out there, and I'm just like, okay, whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> so – you know, that's great and all, but, I mean, is he really your answer? I mean, because the thing is, it's like, I think Ellinger was, what, rated the, the ninth best quarterback? Bro, your stock is never going to get any better. I'm sorry. Yeah, and if anything, it might be worse right now because he's coming off that shoulder injury. Yeah, I – I, I wonder know. if he comes back. I, I, I still don't know if he's coming back or not. If he comes back, he's got to be. He's got to. He's got to be a grad assistant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's been. A, I mean, he's been there in Texas for like 12 years, man. Like seriously, it's time yeah. to go. Like <laughs> Texas fans are trying to hold on to to to. I'm like, you gotta go. Like, give Hunter Card and Casey Thompson a chance, man. Like, what are y'all doing down there? And then Brendan Eagles. He, he surprised everybody in the clear for the draft. I said, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that speaks to almost just the culture if, if it, and more than anything because we all know he he definitely is not going to be one of the first receivers taken. So he was just no. like, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. Uh, is Tariq <laughs> Black coming back? <clears throat> oh, man, I don't know. I mean, I know he was a grad <laughs> – wasn't he a grad transfer? I mean, I know that the eligibility yeah, was frozen. So I don't know if he – I don't know if he wanted to play more than one year if he since he was able to or what, but I mean, I mean he would need to because he didn't do a, a damn thing there. Because yeah, I think he, was, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like okay, you went from Michigan to Texas. That's almost that's bro, that's a lateral move. That's not any better <laughs> where you at. Yeah. I mean, it is. Think about it. Like who's throwing the ball to him? Like it's a lateral move. <laughs> He had to get, yeah. he had to get, he had to take a tour of the facilities when he could. And he was like, "Yeah, oh no, nah, yeah, I'm going to Texas," because he couldn't have just been like, 
oh, well, Texas has a better quarterback who actually passed the ball or this <laughs> and that. Like, son, no, that's not – no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone someone fed him some bad stat. They're like, oh, you know Ellinger's about to break some all-time Big 12 record or whatever passing. <laughs> so, yeah, because he's been there for 17 years. <laughs> well, if you think about it, if you think about it, numbers-wise – Ellinger may be better than uh than than uh, Landry. Yeah, like career wise, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I'm just saying, if you go off the the numbers and statistics, I notice people's gonna listen to this and say this guy he lost it. He, I I can't listen to this podcast <laughs> anymore. This dude is is totally ignorant. Are you serious? I'm just saying, if you look at it statistically. Landry Jones <laughs> may not be better than Sam Ellinger. I'm just saying, Sam Ellinger may be the greatest quarterback to ever play at the University of Texas <laughs> outside of this. And Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, and I know we keep extending this show. I'm sorry, y'all. But we got. I got to ask Seth this last question. So I want to hear in your words. What are your thoughts about Texas A&M wearing these orange jerseys? I mean, is that hey, what? I was like, what is Texas that, already? Still, you want to be Texas so bad? I still don't know. Is it real? I I think it's real. I I read on online that it was it was real because I I looked. I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> I think I think it's supposed yeah. to be some like commemorative. Because the orange bowl. Yeah, some commemorative. Jersey for the orange bowl. I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, if it's well, if it's real, then I mean, it's just like it's it's (laughs) if it's real, and then if it's also some weird way of them kind of trying to like stealthily troll Texas, I don't know, it just completely failed because that's not how you would do it. Like, that's it's just. I just keep shaking my head at it because it's just like it just I, in no way does it make sense or is it like ha yeah that's a good one or all these they they don't look good first of all like that that picture I, that you showed me it's, they don't <laughs> that just does not look good anyways period but then when you really break down like why that would be such a a, a wrong choice to go with with like who their rival is and and all of that it's just like man it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, they are in the SEC, so they're elite, and they can do whatever they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not on their level, so I guess uh, we can't understand their man, I understand you, new decisions. i tell you this right here. Last night, it was a good matchup. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah, uh, you did say I mean that guy right there. He looks like he looks like a clown right now. He's probably somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. I hope his girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> I hope she watched the game last night. And was like, nah, this can't happen. I hope his mama called him and was like, what happened to y'all last night? Well, <laughs> it's time for you to come home, son. I mean, seriously. I mean, it was it was there were Florida fans who were calling him. They were like. He's the worst linebacker that we've had in the last twenty years. <laughs> He's now, he just pissed off Oklahoma for no reason. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> so, somebody said, "Okay, so our worst linebacker starts talking noise." Oh my God, no! Why would he, why would he do that? 
He's like, it's like it, it reminds me of like when Austin Kendall's called Ohio State's defense basic. Oh. It's like, bro, <laughs> you're the backup. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> like, why? Oh man, I, I I forgot about that. I buried that deep. You just brought me back to a dark place. <laughs> you just took me to a dark place. I gotta call my mama down. I gotta call my mama down. Talk to her. You just took me to a dark place. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, oh, that was. I think I was watching that live too with that little interview, and then I heard it. I was like, "Man, that's kind of a weird comment. Like, why did he say that?" But then I really was like, "Oh my gosh, they are they're running with this now." Oh, it was so yeah. basic. That was. Oh. <laughs> but no, nah, um, but yeah, man, I, I think that wraps it up. We still got more content uh, to come. Obviously, we're gonna do some stuff for the spring. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a spring game or whatnot, but we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking a little recruiting. Uh, we'll be talking a, a lot of Big 12 overall like just to kind of see exactly, you know, what's going on. So we'll be talking about schedules, uh, who plays who. I'm looking at West Virginia losing to Army right now. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll be we'll be talking a lot about OSU. We'll um, you know set up. There. I think it's time that we have a, a couple of guests that come on. Some uh, let's bring some yeah. Texas fans and some O State fans on here. Let's uh, let's get to it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, if if it goes the way we think it is, it's going to be a fun off season uh, for sure. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 ready to get this thing rolling now. Like you, you know, we 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 got through this. This long uh, navigate navigated this this long journey through the the unprecedented twenty twenty season and came out the other side looking uh looking pretty pretty. Oh yeah, man, and um you know, and this is the last episode of twenty twenty. We appreciate everybody who showed us love uh, during the year and uh, who's kept up with our content and everything. Um, Twenty twenty has been a hard year for a lot of people, man. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm glad it's over because uh, tomorrow's a new start for a lot of people, especially the, the families who have dealt the, uh, with COVID the most and the uh, you know everything that's 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 went down with with job shortages, job losses, uh, just everything that possibly could have happened in twenty twenty. You know, it's over and it's a new day, it's a new year. So hopefully everything gets better out there for uh, for everybody. But you know. Boomer sooner, twenty twenty one. They bringing it home, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, go ahead and uh, and add yourself out here uh, on here, and then we'll close the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, y'all can find me on the Twitter sphere at Seth Oliveris. Uh, yeah, I just I'm definitely gonna be talking a lot more about uh, this this Cotton Bowl uh, in the next coming days, and just talking about the season as a as a whole. I'll probably revisit. Some of my bold predictions. I think I've, I miss on just about every single one of them, including uh, I predicted that TJ Pledger would run for 200 yards twice. So uh, yeah, that definitely didn't happen. But <laughs> yeah, y'all can find me on there. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, a fun next few weeks for sure. Oh, and a uh, party shot is Seth. Seth had this game uh, being I think 35-28. So I just want everybody to know know out there that he did not see OU beating them like that. But anyway. <laughs> No. This is the, <laughs> the Horns Down podcast. We out. <laughs>